everybody, and welcome to a special edition episode of Live from Pawnee. This is our tribute to Leslie and Ben. Yeah. This is, uh, we chose this week because we just reviewed season five, episode 14, Leslie and Ben. And uh, Mark, this was our first episode that we gave a perfect 10 to that was also not a producer's cut. I know. Very, very impressive. It's actually our only second perfect 10 ever. 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 That's right. And the last time had the benefit of some extra minutes. This one, 21 minutes, 33 seconds. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to that because I just spoiled it for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a great episode and you're definitely going to get the most out of this special edition uh, if you've viewed or listened to the episode. That's right. Yeah. Or go watch it on Peacock. Before That's right. You do this. So. So, Mark, tell us, I know you found an article that kind of inspired this. Tell us a little bit about what you found. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this article is from IGN.com and was originally written by Matt Fowler on February 20th. 2013. Oh, the day before the episode. Isn't that kind of interesting? Yeah. yeah. And our our viewers can actually find this very easily by going to their browser of choice and typing in IGN, Leslie and Ben are the best. And that will bring them right to the article. So this, what, what I have here is just a, a paraphrasing of the article, but I think it's, it's a really nice tribute, especially to those that are big fans of the show and those of us who really, really liked Leslie and Ben is the episode. Nice. I've read a few of these types of articles before, and it's always interesting to see other people's kind of, you know, views and and what they were able to take away from the show. Absolutely. All right, Mark. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, your, your reading today. Yeah. Well, me too. Let's see how I do this. All right. Assistant Parks Director Leslie and former kid mayor turned budget slashing bureaucrat Ben started their relationship off in the traditional TV fashion as bitter enemies. Ben came in to clean house and trim the fat, while Leslie was determined to show him the importance and majesty of community parks. Needless to say, many arcs were, well, arced. So consider this feature a wedding toast of modern television's most adorable, loving, and hilarious couple. Two peas in a pod who, defying most conventions, are better together than they are apart. To super nerd and panic attack, if we're going to use their Wamapoke names, <laughs> to Leslie and Ben. And here's why they rock. Nice. Characters hooking up on TV is always a bit of an unstable rope bridge. Most will tell you the real meat is in the the courting and the flirting in the time-honored trope called Will They, Won't They? Mm. But more and more these days, uh, like the show Chuck or Nikita, at least they were on at the time, it's become Will They? They Will. And the two characters who fans want to see come together become a couple and then they stay a couple. And sure, they squabble and for a few episodes they'll be on the outs, but typically storylines fizzle out and interest wanes once the prize is no longer a prize. Most often people reference the ABC 80s series Moonlighting as an example of a TV show that was hot when the masked sexual tension between the two leads, Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard, was in play and then experienced a major freeze-up once they landed in bed together. Mm. But Parks and Rec has created something magical. They've given us a couple that have made the show better by them being together. Their story isn't just coasting, it's thriving. (laughs) There was a moment when these two did the predictable, I guess, TV thing of splitting up, but it was against their will. And then the two of them, romantic as all bleep, put their careers (laughs) on the line to be with one another. Ben even sacrificed his own job to be with Leslie. And since then, the writers really haven't had to scramble to figure out what to do with them. Not only did Ben manage Leslie's campaign for Pawnee City Council, but their projects and interests regularly crisscross with one another, showing us a loving support system like no other. 
The show not only survived the two of them predictably falling into one one another's arms, but it was all the better for it. Though it took time to get to know Ben, he was slowly revealed to be a cop-fearing, claymation-creating, calzone-loving, incredi-nerd who loves to sit on benches alone and eat soup. He might be a sorcerer with numbers, but he completely melts into puddles on national TV and radio. Ben writes freaking Star Trek fanfic. He can't dance. He makes painfully awkward small talk. He has a penchant for sobbing while wearing a full Batman costume. (laughs) Namely, he's us. Meanwhile, Leslie, as we all know, is a hoarder slash organizational freak who gets easily rattled by conflict, forgets to breathe when she rants about neighboring town Eagleton and has an unhealthy confidence in our broken political system. And she also wants to totally do it with uh, Joe Biden. Uh, But even though Leslie thinks calzones are about as pointless as Ron Swanson sees cats, she's always there to support Ben, even if it means uttering sexy phrases in Dothraki. So while he geeks out on sci-fi and fantasy fair, she revels in sugar highs, strong female leaders, and color-coded idea binders. And neither one gets annoyed with the other's idiosyncrasies. Mm. They're both beautiful disasters, Mm. a match made in heaven. As previously mentioned, Leslie and Ben did take some time apart when the two of them agreed that it would be best for Leslie's campaign to split up. But that didn't last long, and before we knew it, both parties were willing to risk their own careers for smoochies. And there you have it. With Leslie's career goals being so clearly defined from the beginning of the series, she just couldn't bring herself to break up with Ben. The one time this show tried to throw a wrench in their relationship, the wrench got crushed to bits within the grinding gears and pelvises of uh, true love, LOL and yuck. Let us not forget that passion and booty smacking can exist among the fuddy-duddies of this great world. Yes, this is NBC primetime, and Parks and Rec is, for all intents and purposes, a feel-good comedy. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean it don't feel good to know that Leslie constantly lusts after Ben and his slight but powerful, taut, (laughs) sexy elf king body. Or that Ron accidentally discovers that the two of them engage in sexual role-playing involving important historical figures. LOL and yuck. Or that Leslie is in a constant state of arousal whenever she sees or thinks about Ben's hindquarters. To quote a mudflap somewhere, she hates to see him go but loves to watch him leave. Oh yeah. While their love for the most part is sweet, tender, and romantic, it's clear that there's also a true fire there, one that can't be extinguished by tough campaigning, city budgets, or spending months apart while Ben was in D.C. Mm -hmm. Sure, it's sitcom silly love, but it's also adult love between two unlikely sex symbols who'd probably had given up on finding that special someone. Wise men, sages, and page 137 of Cosmo have said that you can tell the most about a couple after a hard night of drinking because you have to know if their love can withstand true pounding pain. One must endure the hornets if one expects to taste the honey, said Buddha. Probably. Probably. Ben, for all of his spectacular nerd outs and claymation spirals, is smart, caring, and indescribably capable. Oh, and he's also the king of romance. At the end of season four, Ben uttered the most baller line in the history of the game. Tom would have named a micro brew body spray after him oh if he'd God. know he'd hit Leslie with this. If you remember, after the election results came in for the second time back in the season four finale, win, yeah. lose or draw, Leslie had won and she had realized her dream, which is still just a step in her dreamscape of being on the city council. Nothing was needed to make her feel better at this point. Until she casually remarked to Ben that she would someday like to take a peek at the concession speech he'd written for her in the case of a defeat, to which he replies, I never wrote it. Mm. 
in your face, all those lines from Jerry <laughs> Maguire. Ben, the guy who wrote extensive fanfic about data experiencing feelings for the first time, just put this world to shame. Wow. That's so great. Who, who Tell us again who the author of that was, Mark. Uh, that was written by Matt Fowler, Matt Fowler. of IGN.com. IGN, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. It's amazing how, how right he is and how well it holds up today. Like there's a, a, maybe a few dated references in there because this was 2013 when this right. was written, but still get it, right? And I can't think of another sitcom romance since then that has done it any better. See, I completely agree. I mean, I, Alan, you and I, in all seriousness, we're of an age when uh, us and our, our peers oh, old, would, but, would yeah. stop it. We would probably think of like uh, Cheers yeah. as, as a like, will they, won't they? Yeah. Between and I remember Sam the moonlighting. Diane I mean, when he said that reference, I'm like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, and it is really, really hard to do. It was hard to do back then when we were youngsters. Yeah. And it was hard to do when Parks and Rec was on the air. Yeah. It's hard to do today in 2023. That's true. Yeah. I mean, Michael and Holly was up there, I think, in office. Oh, yeah. You know what? I think I would agree with that. I mean, I think especially in the episode that we just reviewed, the the episode this article is referencing, Leslie and Ben, you know, when they come in to the, the final real wedding back at City Hall, there's candles everywhere. That's To me, that was very reminiscent of that scene in the office with Michael and Holly when Michael proposes to her. Oh, and then the sprinklers go off. Yeah. And so, again, it was that mix of sweet romantic comedy, uh, sweet romance and comedy together. It just works. You know, that that's a great point. The other point I would make, and this is not meant as a criticism at all. I love The Office. I think it's brilliant. Yep. Um, good on uh, uh, all the people who who did the thing with I the think Mike the sure was in that, too. Yeah. You know, all those people, you yeah, know, they're yeah, going to make the it. Yeah. Um, I love Jim. I love Pam. I love their relationship. I feel like that aspect of the show suffered a little bit once they got together. Not meant as a criticism, just a, a personal observation. They did they did interesting, fun things with it. I'll give them that credit. But I think, like the article implies, no one's done it better than this particular binding of Leslie and Ben together. I, I agree. I, I don't know that anyone that's done it better. And I can't think off the top of my head who's done it since. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? Amy and Ben? Speaking of noise, it was good. It wasn't this good. You know what? I guess I'd have to agree with that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know what? That's okay. I, I would. It, I Again, I like the way you said it. I don't think it's as good an example yeah. as Leslie and Ben, but I would put it kind of in the same category. It's, it's, it's up there. I don't think it suffered for them being together. No, I don't either. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I mostly quit watching TV once the show was on. Uh, no, uh, but you're right. I mean, they're just, they're, you know, one, the network sitcom is kind of going away a little bit. Right. I and mean, has gone away a little bit with the, the, you know, the evolution of streaming and such. Right. But even along, among all those shows and you and I together, you know, and separately watch quite a few of those. I, again, I can't think of a better example. I'm curious if someone wants to write in and give us some some nominations. We'd be happy to kind of read those in a response in one of our future episodes. But um, I don't know. I think he's right. I think this one tops the cake. You know what? That's a great that's a great idea, Alan. You know, we have some of the most intelligent and best looking of you know viewers in the world for our, our podcast. If you can think of a show that, in your opinion, had a, a, a good example of a couple getting together and the show either didn't suffer from it or mm. ideally got better, better. because of it. Yeah. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. I'll even take ties in this case. 
So, Certainly. Alan, if they wanted to reach out to us, how would you suggest they do so? Well, Mark, they can. Thanks for asking. Mm. They can go on our website, of course, at Ooh. www. You, you don't really have to type that anymore. Yeah. Livefrompawnee.com. Mm-hmm. You can hit us up on our social medias. We're on the Twitters. We're on the Instagram and uh, the Facebooks. Wow. And I our mean, web our website has the cool thing where you can do a voice recording. You too. can even leave a voice recording and we might actually play that on the air. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. All right. Well, viewers at home. Yeah. Challenge. Challenge accepted, I hope. The glove has, the gauntlet has been thrown forgotten. down. That's right. That's right. right. Well, nice job, Mark. Thanks for bringing this to our attention this week. This was uh, timely and uh, I really enjoyed that article. Absolutely. Me too. All right. Nice job. All right. Well, we'll see everybody next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.